0: Well, everything is changing right now, and everything is gonna change dramatically um, the next few months and a year.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, in, a,
0: in a good way, you know, I have nothing was working, so it, it's actually a very interesting moment and very it's it's a really beautiful moment to live right now in you know and experiencing and being part of the creation now. And how, how's your check, by the way?
1: Oh, it's horrible. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely horrible with languages. I've studied six languages in my life, and I remember nothing of any of them, so.
0: Well, maybe you have to study a different way, you know? Like, that's the thing. We all can learn it if we study it, and um, you know, if we really want to learn it. Yeah. Maybe you have a block. Somebody may might have told you this one day that you are bad with languages and you believe that you're bad with languages. And that who happens because that's how we are being black, and especially when we're kids or teenagers, somebody tells you, You are really bad at math, and you're like, Okay, I'm better with math, which is not true. You just have to, you know, go and study it. So it's the same with languages and making art with everything else.
1: And there are many things like that that I would thoroughly agree with, but no, yeah. I'm just really bad with languages. <laughs> just, you know. I'm a visual I'm a visual artist like I can communicate visually I can yeah. point at things I can draw things whatever um, but as far as like the the written word or, or sort of vocabulary and stuff it's not uh, not my, my my bag.
0: I agree because you know we are right now having podcasts and uh, you know we, we are talking uh, oh we're gonna be talking about certain subjects but you know we're both visual uh, artists I'm a visual artist and I chose visual as my language that's right. So it's way easier for me to communicate everything visually. Uh, but this language is also, it's, it's a beautiful language because it's uh, something that everybody can understand, but nobody ever, ever understands really, you know? It's like... It's a...
1: Like I can travel almost anywhere in the world and communicate most things that I need through mm-hmm. just visual cues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the visual language is a much more universal way of mm-hmm. sort of, communicating, devoid of written or, uh, you know, uh, cultural languages.
0: Yes, but we also have to remember that certain things in one culture might mean something totally different than another culture. That's the thing with the visual language, that some places something is uh, accepted, another place it might be um, uh, vulgar even, you know. So that's also for us to understand the difference in the cultures.
1: Certainly, absolutely. yes. So let's take this back a step, though. So let me start back with. Um, now, do you like to be called Oleg, or is is a or your given name?
0: Uh, you can call me any name you want, either Agata or Oleg. Um, I am actually, I am, a, I'm a two spirited person, so I'm not binary. I'm, I'm uh, which is interesting that I discovered it quite late in my life, but uh, I understood everything what brought me to this place and even having those two different names agata is a very woman name and oleg is actually a male name so you can uh, choose you can switch from one name to another you can give me some other name if you want to give me i'm fine with that as well
1: oh no i'm i'm the host here i will do to please you it's fine (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Oleg's good oleg is good the first question i generally ask people just to sort of get the get things going is like so how did you become creative so like background so family uh teacher like how did you even get into being creative as a child
0: I'm, you know i'm I'm gonna be 42 in a few days so i have to tell you exactly 42 years of my life to understand it but i think i was always told to do everything not to be creative i i was born you know and raised in a, in a communist poland and it never can really understand it and especially you're an American, you know, so you really don't understand what it is and how it was at that time.
1: No, I have no idea. I just had this conversation with my Czech wife last yeah, night. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't so know. That,
0: that's why when first you contacted me, I thought you were Czech, so it be easier to communicate because we would have, uh, you know, similar um, experiences. But but I remember my my first experience when I was uh, preparing for first communion, and during the time religion was, you know, uh, really illegal. I mean, during my time, it wasn't really like. Uh, like, they wouldn't put you to jail at this point, but uh, the, the classes were outside uh, church, outside the school. And uh, my cat is really like all over places right now. It's so weird. It's like he's like usually just sitting, and now he wants to like misbehave when I'm talking. He likes this one bag and keep putting different locations, and he tries to like lick the bag. Okay. So I remember this experience when I was um, preparing for this first communion, and our teacher said something that really got me that time and I remember it still she said something that if we have a creative gift and we don't pursue it is like a really big sin and I remember as a small kid I look around the room and said to myself I hope nobody notices that I have the gift and later you know as, as a kid in this, in even elementary school I would be responsible for like all decorations and I was responsible for like all kinds of uh, you know decorations for the school and uh, I was making my own clothes mostly because there was nothing in the store so we had to make clothes so being creative was kind of like something that was in a way really important skill to survive you couldn't go to, to a store to buy uh, like art supplies for children so we have to kind of like collect things all year round uh, to make art out of it and, uh, but also I remember my, I have my first art fight in like six or seven grade. Did
1: you say art fight? Yes. Art fight. I want. what's an art fight?
0: Well, fight about art with somebody in the art award.
1: For oh, so, okay. I'm thinking like fist fighting. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Art fight. I think it sounds good. Art fight. Or argument, okay. you know, or, or disagreement that you put it in a, in a, in a better way. Yes. So I remember I was also winning all kinds of competitions. And one of the subject of this competition was uh, to paint or draw Silesian couple. So I was uh, um, I was uh, raised in Silesia, which is actually, you know, Silesia. There's a Czech part and, and Polish part and the language is the same, which is quite interesting. Um, so we were drawing the Silesian couple, and I actually decided to paint the couple from the area point of view so you could only see like this big skirt and like uh, and this man's shoe and it was very abstract, but very realistic at the same time. And my teacher was really upset at me, saying that, oh, you're not Picasso. Come back from the clouds to here. And and I started arguing with her, saying that that I really don't like her. I, was like, I hate your competitions. I hate your prices. I don't want to do it anymore. And she said, well, I will not give you a recommendation to go to the art school. So my parents had to come to school and there was a huge drama. And she did not give me a recommendation to go to the art uh high school which actually probably saved me because uh nobody can really teach you how to be an artist you know and once you go to this traditional school system they model you so i instead i went to regular high school very good high school in katowice and i started really experimenting on my own i was like the, the when the moment the borders open i was hitchhiking all around the europe going to all different places I would, I would hitchhike to Amsterdam to see Van Gogh paintings you know, in a museum. So that was really my education. And I thought I'm going to be an art critic, really, because being an artist, I felt it was not really for me. It was like a, it was just something that I couldn't really reach. It was like this goal that I could never reach. And it also tells you something about how differently we are educated in Poland, and especially that time, I don't know now, I left this country 20 years ago. And when I came to America, you know, people are here, people will encourage you. Oh, you have a talent or oh, you are great. You should do it. And in Poland, the time was kind of like, you don't have a talent. You're like everybody else. You're never going to accomplish anything.
1: Yeah, that's a big cultural difference yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so going through all this, you know, I'm going to skip all the years because there's a lot of things that were kind of like constantly pushing me into this creative field and then going back, pushing me going back. And then finally, when I came to New York in 2000, it was really like this moment of uh, being allowed to create your life the way you want to create your life. I didn't know anybody here, so nobody knew me. So I could start all over. I could really take my life as an open book and write from the beginning. So really here things started, you know, in the beginning, you know, you know, I had to like clean houses for six dollars an hour, working a plastic factories babysit i've been i was a clown i mean all kinds of possible jobs just to survive
1: as we all do
0: yeah and then uh, and and then for my visa also i need to like make sure that i had some paperwork because you know when you're an immigrant you know that that problem is like how are you going to find a way to legally stay in a country so for this i actually went to uh, laguardia community college only because it was uh, the closest—I was living in Greenpoint, the closest school to my apartment. And that time, I had to like have three different jobs to pay for the apartment, pay for the school, for my visa, for my lawyers. Uh, I was doing costume design already for dance companies, and and in this school, actually, I met amazing professors who kind of like give me this little push that I needed to have. And that's when everything exploded, and I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna be doing this is my this is my chance this is my life, and it was in a way easier that I didn't have family or friends or anybody that knew me here that I could totally take over my life and do whatever I want to do, so that was relief really, you know freeing anyway it was easier than now because you know there's no social media uh, there was there's nothing you know so uh, you you had nothing to compare your life to anybody else
1: I grew up under the the shadow of my father being a local minister, a a priest, reverend, whatever. And so like, and a lot of the things that I grew up to do, I didn't do until after I left Mm -hmm. the place I grew up in because it was a bit uncomfortable to sort of try to be myself Mm -hmm. under that, the watching eye of the parish kind of thing. Um, So yeah, I totally understand the need to travel to, to find a place that's unique to yourself, where you can be yourself. Uh, that may not be where you were raised.
0: Well, yes, but also it takes a long time to understand that the most important place to travel is your mind. You don't need to have the physical traveling. You need to you can travel in your mind and get the same effect. But it's way easier to say when you're in forties than to somebody when you're in twenties.
1: Correct. Takes yes.
0: Twenty years of growing and learning and being like ah, oh. because right now I actually miss Poland and I. I went back to Poland and I want to spend more time in Poland and the most beautiful place that 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 I love. It's the place when uh, my grandparents are from in a farm, um, not even in the city. And that's when I have my studio and that's where all my creative juices kind of, kind of there to help me to recharge my batteries and, and work. And I'm happy to be there in the middle of the woods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But again, it took me to go around the world a few times to understand that everything I was looking for, I have in front of my doorstep.
1: Yeah, that's the artist's journey oftentimes.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. And now it's this amazing time, you know, that we have to reflect and see where we're going with our life and choices. And um, this virus is actually a, a medicine. This virus is actually a blessing for us to all. But we all need to take it and um, in the right direction, you know. Uh, this is a chance for us to change and uh, find our relationship to the earth, relationship to Spirituality to our creativity, to any work that we're doing, to the food, you know, to ourselves, to our family. So this is a very, a, a, really, a, a, a beautiful moment to experience right now. Wherever you are, this is where your soul chose you to be, and reflect on your life. And 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 solitude really is a medicine. Solitude is really something that we all should experience. And I can imagine for you it might be difficult. You have a wife and and children, but
1: no three cats no. three
0: cats okay so it's still to you know it's it's important time to be in solitude you know to really close yourself from everything else and and find your own relationship to the whole world you know this is this is the moment that it's given to us
1: it is a very interesting time and it it's what's fascinating is how it's affecting Different uh, people, different cultures, in different ways. Uh, you know, some people are getting more hateful and, and angry, and some people are getting more peaceful and, <laughs> and more more focused.
0: It's uh, it shows our relationship to the world. 2019 was the year that was preparing us for 2020. 2020 is the year of perfect vision. 2020 is the the a year of of clarity in a way that who you are. Are you doing what you really want to do in your life? Are you in a place where you really want to be? Are you with the person you really want to be? So this is the year of us to really turning and deciding what we want to do, who you want to be and where you want to be.
1: Yeah, it definitely does have that effect on you. I mean, if you, you know, if you sit out and think like literally just going to the grocery store, you could potentially catch a virus that mm-hmm. could end your life. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a encourages the enjoyment of the any every day mm-hmm. because you don't know literally if you have another any more days ahead of you
0: <laughs> yeah somebody said you know uh leave every day as it's your last day because one day you're gonna be right
1: that's correct but only <laughs> once luckily so you are, right?
0: well there's something like death you know it, we never died all energy we we come back we transform you know but in a, in a sense of this body this body has to go a certain limitation: how long the body can go on and on and on, like anything else. Uh, but we transform into different energy and, and coming back. So it's also time for us right now to uh, start thinking about our connection to our spirit, to our soul. And it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how people are reacting to this virus right now in different places. Like the people I'm um, I'm connecting the most with my um, I'm a medicine person, so the medicine people. Who practice different you know um, rituals this is something that we always pray for to give break to this earth that everybody had to stop and that's what's happening right now everything has to stop stop because we need to start to breathe you know everything was spinning so fast the planet couldn't take care of it anymore you know, oh yeah, so, I was so, seeing
1: I was seeing news articles about how like uh, pollution has has sort of gone mm-hmm. away in certain areas because yeah. all of a sudden everybody's not driving uh, mm-hmm. to work and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. there, there's lots of philosophical ideas yeah. about how this is, really can be sort of a changing time. Uh, People
0: are not listening. You know, all this movement, even it's been happening for a long time, but even last year, you know, all this movement and uh, fighting fighting for climate change or fighting for nature. It's bullshit. Nobody was doing anything. People were like flying their planes across the world and pretending they're fighting about something people going to marches with the plastic bottle in their hands, you know, so things were not changing. Everything was just for showing off. But really, you have to change the way you live. And unfortunately, I'm going to say women actually pollute the environment way more than men. And then they're not gonna. They're not really true, truthful about it. I mean.
1: Okay, wait. Elaborate on that. That's okay. interesting.
0: So, uh, I don't know you. I don't know how you even look like your wife. But if you go to the bathroom, how many more cosmetics your wife has and you?
1: Oh, <laughs> a lot.
0: Yeah. So women are, you know. A, Every day, putting so much things on the face, dyeing the hair almost every month. All the dye goes to the earth. The plastic nails, all the injecting injection in the face, in the boobs, in the in the asses. You know, all the plastic constantly putting on. The amount of clothing, shoes, you know, all the things that women actually constantly purchasing, and the purchasing being sheepful, is in the production of the cosmetic is polluting the environment. Then the shipping to your house polluting the environment. So that's what women are doing, you know, every uh, every day. And now we're sitting home for two weeks, and nobody's doing makeup, nobody's dying the hair, doing the nails, using wearing the same clothes. You know, the earth can breathe. Women are the one who are having more, you know, breast cancer and all kinds of cancer. But it's really like how we're taking care of our planet, how we're taking care of our body. So this is a huge wake up. Uh, call for everybody. Show your true face.
1: Sounds. I'm not a woman, so like, <laughs> luckily, I, I don't have as many problems there.
0: Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's also the connection, you know, of of how women see uh, uh, themselves, you know, and uh, and we have to, in a way, uh, change it. And I feel like we don't have to like eliminate everything, you know. If you if you wanna still do certain things, do it, but you know, limit the amount of. Items that you purchase all the time, you know, we can we can change also the clothing. Uh, do we need a fashion every six months? You know, well, six uh,
1: months—that's not normal. It's well, yeah, but that's when you think
0: about how the fashion so- shows are. Every six months we have a fashion shows and totally new trends, right? So people are buying and throwing things out. The production, the materials—you know—we have to I think really going to natural fibers. So there's a lot of things that has to change, and this is the moment for us to actually look at the mirror and say, OK, what I have done in my life uh, and in my profession that destroy this planet or benefit this planet and myself included, because it's all connected. So again, you know, even art. I mean, uh, art is a, unfortunately a huge benefactor in, in destroying this planet. You know, I mean, I remember when I was in, in Venice this year and, and seeing uh, the amount of work that's been shipped there venice was literally under the water you know and now in Venice, you have a clear water and swans the same in basel you know you go and the parties and you're on the beach in miami basel but you have all the tents of the parties confetti everything goes back to the ground you know it's beautiful it's fun but at the same time it's like ah, oh, don't you see people everybody's having plastic every drink in the plastic cup with the plastic straw so and then people put, put, put the uh, sunscreen to go to ocean we 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 are all, you know, guilty of, of, of doing this, this virus, we all created
1: it. Yes, Hank. It's I true. And, and artists are often very wasteful and we use oh. toxic this and that. So yes. and I mean, I, I'm as guilty as any other artist of you know wanting to use better, higher quality materials mm-hmm. that probably are not very friendly to the environment, but they look beautiful.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I know, I mean, I've been using... 100% acrylic yarn for so many years, and uh, and I and I saw the factories, how it's produced, and I was like, this is horrible. And I for 17 years, I was breathing this, even when you crochet, all the little fiber goes in your lungs all the time. And um, even I try to like, I try to find the reason, or maybe an explanation to myself that, oh, I'm not so bad, because at least I'm doing some I'm creating art for some causes, you know, some social political reasons so I feel better about myself, but it's bullshit, you know, we we, we, we are part of this pollution, then shipping these huge pieces between continents, it's it's all adding up, you know, It's uh, I, I'm feeling guilty and that's why I moved to you know VR because right now I can produce enormous installation and the only thing I'm going to send is a file, I don't have to travel, I don't have to ship the installation, I have to buy the materials. Of course yes I need to have equipment but hopefully I have one equipment that I can keep continue working and I don't have to you know ship anything so I changed in the beginning of this year because I couldn't live with myself of, of producing the same work over and over again anymore it was just not it was not right
1: Funny you say that because that was actually going to be one of my questions mm-hmm. for you because your your entire artistic reputation is built around the crocheting and the crocheting and the crocheting and i wondered like what would be the next Mm -hmm. thing of course then i looked on your social media i saw you working with Mm -hmm. vr Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff so now you're so you've taken it from the the sort of the tangible real and you're making this virtual Mm -hmm. crochet worlds is that what's going on now
0: yeah yeah i'm having so much fun but it started with this year after last year when i was just like ah. I just think what happened to the world. I was just like, I have to change it. And I actually in uh, in Basel when I was in in Miami, Basel, I started doing these performances of crocheting in air, of crocheting energy. So, um, you know, and my friends always said to me like, you know, you can do actually do this in VR. And that was something that kind of like was just like, oh, let me try VR. <laughs> so it's interesting after 17 years of crocheting by hand and being like this very old-fashioned person. Uh, that i was making a living out of crocheting and now i moved to vr
1: which is the most forward technology there is
0: <laughs> and i love it and and i don't even i don't know how i understand it because it, it, it the machines you know i believe everything has spirit and uh and consciousness so i really talk to the machines and i'm like okay show me the way uh, how i'm supposed to do it and somehow they, they show me the way, and it's been, uh, it's been a beautiful uh, journey. But the only way to experience it is to actually put the VR set on uh, because this installation is just like uh, very, I don't know how to even explain to you. You go inside, and it's very pleasing and, and very spiritual and healing. And uh, this is just the reaction I've been getting from a few people who experience it. But the artwork is not really ready this for yet, you know, because it also changes the way we present the art. Galleries have art handlers, but they're not really tech art handlers. So that could change, you know, uh, the same way of shipping. art, We don't need the shipping company, but we need to send the file and somebody needs to know how to connect the file to the computer and then to a VR set. So it changes everything in the art market, but I feel like it's uh, it's is just about to start you know and also it's a, it's a new way of collecting art and I think a lot of new collectors who are coming right now who are starting to collect those are the kids who who grew up on uh, VR games so most everybody has you know um, not everybody but like people who are you know can collect art they have VR set at home even though because they, they play a game so it's very easy to have you know enormous installation and many artworks actually, and you only have one uh, goggles, and you can travel with this if you move to a new location, you don't have to move the whole installation. you're just moving uh, you know the headset. So it's a new way of uh, for me of experimenting, and uh, and also, I know uh, the right gallery and the right institution will surface and and I will be able to work with them and and show the work to to you know to the audience.
1: That brings up a uh, like you early on. You started talking about how the the art world was broken uh, mm-hmm. before this pandemic sort of got in the way of life. Mm-hmm. What, what do you? What's your perspective on what? What do you feel is was broken about it, or I guess still is broken mm-hmm. about it? And and what what could we do better?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Are well, we're all part of that, you know. I think it's that it was interesting how. Um, being living in New York and and traveling through all the shows and uh, having artist friends, and it was to the point like I think it stopped being this partnership between the gallery and the artist. It's almost like we were su- it's, you know we we're supporting the galleries you know in a way, and the system we're not uh, helping artists. And right now we're seeing it. Uh, of course, all the art shows are cancelled. All the museums are closed down. Everything's closed down. Artists are really not having. Um, any funding to survive the next month or two because most people live month to month, you know. Oh yeah. And you can see you can see that now the collectors are somehow not helping us. You know, a lot of people who even were in the middle of commissions, the collectors kind of like run away in the private jet somewhere, you know, and or some to some um you know private home somewhere and disappearing from the virus, not worried about the artists. So that's also gonna change, you know that relationship that has to be built between the artists and the collectors and who's going to help us and support us. So so that's going to change for sure. You know, I listen to a few podcasts of people who are, you know, uh, have galleries and galleries are being closed right now and they worry about how they're going to pay the rent. Uh, people who are working in a shipping company or storage companies and they're like, we don't know how people are going to be paying for the art they have in the storage right now. So again, maybe the VR is the answer for us to be ready, you know, because we'll eliminate all the unnecessary costs that you will usually have as an artist. I mean, the studios in New York become so expensive, that was just ridiculous. You end up selling work and then it was all going to paying for rent and few other expenses. And that's what people constantly just like spending, spending, spending. So now I'm, I don't need to have a studio. I can work anywhere I want to work. You know, I just need really like you know, I can work in the smallest place possible because the space I'm working in is endless.
1: It is a a fascinating concept, and I'm, I'm quite sure that that will be the an aspect of the arts world in the future. The oh, question yes. is just, you know, how, it's how quickly that that gets picked up by the the the, the public.
0: I think it's going to be very quick. I think it's going to be very quick, and uh, it's just. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, right guys and collectors are getting into it and and also the old equipment has to be it's all re- everything relatively new so everything is going to be way cheaper i mean think about cell phones you know how inexpensive cell phones are people have for two cell phones right now right so the same thing is going to happen with the vr set you know right now you can buy equipment for 500 dollars. so it's not really so expensive when you're thinking about you know you can you can have really you know amazing artwork in that and that set. So I think that's gonna change as well. That's gonna be something for you know for everybody that people are gonna have like everybody has a cell phone right now. people are gonna have the 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 sets and gonna be able to experience things, the the work. What I also love about it that right now it what happens also interesting in the art world that uh, people use the art for for many different purposes of advertising and Uh, you know, taking selfies and but not really experiencing the art. People are like going to galleries and they have the phone between the artwork and them. there is a cell phone. So they're all about filming and reporting what's happening instead of actually experiencing the art in VR. You can't take a picture. You are really forced to have the uh, you really forced to have this experience one on one with the artwork because it's only you who are inside that installation and it's taking you somewhere so it's kind of like forcing the audience to have that that individual connection and and really experiences the work so that's also fascinating me right now because i think as artists we got tired that nobody's actually looking at our artworks anymore people are just like passing by to take a picture match a dress or lipstick you know and like very often they're blocking the artwork with the outfits you know for their social posts so it's 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 going to change a lot things how we make
1: art for sure. Absolutely. So I mean along that line actually something that I keep running into and mm-hmm. I keep talking about this on the podcast is the idea of like um having to explain your works. Mm-hmm. So like as a visual artist, I make two dimensional works on paper, uh, and you make, you know, uh, uh, public sculptures mm-hmm. and, and and all this kind of stuff. And generally, we have to write some sort of artist statement mm-hmm. for it. So like, how do you uh, how do you incorporate some sort of way to explain the work when it comes to VR? Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, I have a couple of statements there, but I know this whole thing about writing about statements is also ridiculous, you know, like really? Would you ask, oh, I agree. Would you ask I hate statement. But to write statement, like, what's up with this writing a statement? You know, like, the other if he was ask-
1: alive now, they yeah. would ask him to write a statement.
0: Well, the thing is that that's that's the other thing. There are people who, well, art will become such a business. Art art market become business for so many people. Like, think about one single artwork gives jobs to so many people. Uh, you know, the person who produced the materials, assistant. You know, lenders because of the rent framers shippers galleries uh you know art critics journals it's its
1: whole ecosystem
0: insurances i mean one artwork right but they want everything to be delivered to them even the people who write uh press releases they want you to write about your artwork i'm like no i'm making the art you write something about it why do you want me to explain my own artwork that's why it's a visual art so we have to change it we artists you know yes i know you agree with me hank
1: thank you Hank. Amen.
0: <laughs> he doesn't want me to pet him all the time so i'm petting him here you know but come i can, I can follow you but you can come here but you know everything has been delivered to to the institutions and to and to people who in the end they make money because of our work so we have to change it saying you no know, and i'm I'm always the feisty one, you know, like people very often complain that I'm like, I don't deliver everything. I'm like, no, like I make the artwork I, I take, and you want me to take the pictures of my artwork and and frame it. I maybe be hanging by myself and write about it that I don't need the gallery. So again, people have to start realizing they have to take care of the artwork. We should be responsible only for creating because
1: Oh, I mean. In a perfect world, I 100% agree with you. Unfortunately, I have rent to pay and bills to cover and things like this. Well, no, like yeah, because to if be... we
0: all do the same way, like artists, we have the power. Collectively, we have the power to say, no, we're not going to be doing this. This is your responsibility. And they will change. But we spoiled the world. We spoiled galleries by giving them everything what they want.
1: Well, not only are we, did we spoil the galleries, but we're we're also that would be like herding cats. I mean, artists, a, a few artists, like three to five artists, can easily work together. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about like unionizing all artists mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. to stand up against this, w- we're not a, a team group of people, really. We don't work together that well.
0: Yeah, but that's something that we could we could uh, we could totally change if we all were there for this, and you know. And it's it's possible, like you know, people very often when I participate in an exhibition or like street festivals, after it was over oh, they're like, oh, oh, like, you know, you're the only one who has a different contract, you're the only one who gets paid, you're the only one who did this. I'm like, really? So all of those people were just like going blind and sighing as it is. So it's possible to change everything. But you just have to feel like either you're gonna change it for me, or I'm not doing it.
1: I would love it. I'm supportive of it. I've often said that we should unionize. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of a joke because I highly doubt we'll ever do it, but it would be amazing if, Mm -hmm. if creatives, you know, just creative people so it doesn't even matter visual artist writer whatever if they they could unionize and so even just come up with like standardized pricing just Mm -hmm. like something like that for time and energy or resources whatever just to make things easier because everything in the arts world is so arbitrary based on uh, the whims of the arts industry and the the, the people that dictate you know who's in and who's out and who's worth what and who's not worth what Mm -hmm. I mean it would be great if we could standardize some amount of that
0: well also in a situation like this because this uh, financial crisis they they're, they're just about to hit us right now gonna hit artists the most so especially in the united states we do not have any support for artists who going to be out of job and you know there should be institution that will be like you know like you know i wrote to even few people in brooklyn collectors i'm like this is the time already to start fundraising for brooklyn artists we need, gonna need you know even you know basic income every month we just pass by because most of us do not qualify for any substitutions from government for many different reasons so it's like yeah so this is this is the time of maybe you know find a way to help each other somehow you know as, as artists but unfortunately in a way the art is such a field of of uh, constantly fighting between each other which is crazy because the competition exists in the sport. The competition shouldn't have existed in the arts. But uh, the way uh, it is, I don't know. I don't know, you know. This this moment that we're living right now, is going to change a lot of the way how, um, how art is being made for sure and the connection that we have. But it's also a very good time to be creative. And uh, we are very lucky one. People who are bored or complaining of being lonely, I'm like, Talking about? I don't have time for anything. I'm like, you know, I almost even today I want to cancel this meeting with you because I was like, oh, I want to make this piece and it's in my head, I want to redo really this piece. But I'm like, I can't start it 10 minutes before I'm gonna start talking to you because I know I'm gonna go for hours. So constantly, you know, like it's it's I I I produce art all the time, doesn't matter if I have a show or not, to me it's no difference. I just want to make art every day. The every moment I have, I'm making art. You know, it's not about like people don't even see, you know, maybe you see like 1% of the things I've been making because there's no even a way to, you know, present it yet. But I'm not making this for the audience right now. You know, maybe people going to see it in 100 years. I don't care. The most important thing is to work all the time with the creativity. When you have a good connection with your creativity, you're just going to go, you know. So again, this moment was given to us. Creativity is something, is the, is the moment that you have. It's only you and the spirits and however you kind of like summon your creativity, you have. And now we are given this extra time to spend and create.
1: It's been great fun. I mean, this whole idea of like social distancing. There's the joke that like artists have been doing this for centuries. Like This is what we do. We hide in our studio and we make our work and we don't talk to people for weeks on end. It's like this is nothing different for us.
0: My life hasn't changed, you know, like. I, i'm I'm happy to be alone. I always been cooking a lot of time because you know I was too broke to you know eat out, so I always had to learn how to cook. I go on a bike ride around one o'clock in the morning. I go on a bike ride around Brooklyn, and it's beautiful to see the entire city to myself. There's not nobody, not even police, you know. And I go to a grocery store around one o'clock. there's like a twenty four hours place open in my neighborhood. So I go there once a week to buy groceries. And otherwise i'm i'm staying in and i'm working you know i do meditate yeah yoga everything
1: yeah my biggest difficulty is is just actually getting my hands on more art material yeah. because all of the art stores are closed
0: well but that's maybe when you uh, you know you can think about how you can create in different way you know and i was telling you when i was growing up in the communist country we didn't have art material. What what does it mean to have art materials? Anything is art material for you. So it's, a, it's use what you get and that's when your creativity is, is, there, is, is in this beautiful moment. There was a book that I read uh, last summer that uh, was very inspiring. Um, I think it's called The Big Magic. It's written by, by the same author. What's her name? Mm, I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry. She wrote this book, Pray, Love.
1: Oh, Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. What's okay. her name? Yeah. Ooh, I'm so bad with that.
0: I know. Well, I'm sorry. She's an amazing writer. And actually, the It, Pray, Rove book is amazing. Uh, in, in Not the movie, but the book. And she wrote many amazing books that I really love. And one is The Big Magic. I think it's called The Big Magic. or the Yeah, something like this. And Elizabeth doctor, Gilbert. Yes, Elizabeth Gilbert. Thank you. So Elizabeth wrote this book, The, the Big Magic. And I actually, I listen to books. So I have audiobooks because when I work, I listen to books sometimes I go in a book a day, it's kind of intense, but this book about creativity was just so amazing, the connection, the creativity that we have. And I really, you know, encourage you to read or listen to this book, because it will help you to understand yourself. And even the fact that you're talking to me right now, I think you also are in a moment in in, in search, you want to uh, as you said in the beginning, you know why you're doing this podcast. You also, in a moment in 2020, in the search of yourself, who you wanna be where
1: you want to be. Oh, I absolutely am. I mean, when I started this podcast, I had some intentions and some ideas of some outcomes that I had hoped for from Mm -hmm. this podcast. And the honest truth is from the discussions I've had with people through the meetings of different people Mm -hmm. and the different perspectives on things, I have changed my intentions for this podcast because of all the great people that have given their insights through it.
0: Yeah. So this this is the moment for you to also be like, What do you want to be? And don't complain. You don't have materials. You know what? You can find the materials around yourself. I wasn't complaining. I I just said it's
1: difficult.
0: Yeah. Well, it's in a way complaining, you know. People say, like, oh, I don't have a space. You can create anywhere, you know. I make the biggest installation in the smaller places possible. My apartments have, like, one room, you know. And I made huge installation here before, and I'm going to make it again. Because... The space is in your mind. You know, when you have your mind free, you understand that you can go far, far away places. That's why, if if you don't meditate, start meditating. Learn how to meditate. Ten minutes a day is a huge difference in your life, uh, your connection to everybody else.
1: Like what kind of meditation are you talking about? Like transcendent, transcendental. Well, meditation? well, first you
0: have learn how to meditate. I had the. Hard time learning how to meditate first. It took me a very long time. And uh, the person who finally taught me how to meditate was Sam Harris. Do you know Sam Harris?
1: I know. I know the podcast. Yes.
0: Yeah. But Sam Harris, actually, on top of his podcast, uh, he also has an app, uh, Waking Up with Sam Harris. And it's the best app for meditation. I'm going to send you a link to it later on WhatsApp so you can actually download it. And it's, I think, unlocked for a month. So it's for free for a month. And uh, if you don't have money to pay, you can send them email that uh, you've been doing this for a month, but do you have money to pay. They will give you one year free then. Uh, wow. But it's really amazing, and it's uh, Not it's, sure he's
1: going to be happy with you telling everybody. That, oh no, but okay. no,
0: he's, he's 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 tweeting it. He's very open okay. about it. He actually publicly announced it. Great. No, he's great. No, no, he's like I I paid for I've been paying for a year and something, and now I said like you know can I have a year free because you know we don't know when the next page are gonna come and he gave me for next year for free and i'm very grateful so i want to make sure more people are using it because it's really amazing way of working on yourself and meditation is something that makes me sane right now you know i have people calling me uh, who are doing really badly and panicking being angry and frustrated and and i'm like let's meditate and they're like i don't want to meditate right now do you understand it i'm like no, I understand it. Let's meditate. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna teach you. Uh, so I was prepared for the situation, and and I said, uh, you know, Sam Harris really prepared me for the moment right now by teaching me how to meditate. And of course, other topics. I'm doing yoga every day. I have an app for yoga as well. I'm using New York Public Library to get the books, you know, so I can read the books. So I'm not prepared. New York I know, Library. right? I have both New York Public Library booking Brooklyn Public Library, so I'm prepared to be in a lockdown for a long time, because I'm mm-hmm. not like, like, once you have your mind free, nobody can lock you. You might be in a one space, but you can go really far away. So-
1: I'm all for all of this. I mean, but the, the hardest part that the, 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 I'm, I'm a married man, I have mm-hmm. a wife and she has sort of expectations for what our life should be like kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like the hard part is is that we still still need to make money. Mm -hmm. So, like, there still needs to be some commerce in Mm -hmm. here somewhere. Like, I'm all for all the great art talk and Mm -hmm. art philosophical insights and all this, but like, we all need to figure out ways to earn incomes to be able to continue our arts to be Mm -hmm. able to afford our apartments to be able to Continue these, you know, uh, lack of a better word, these luxurious lifestyles Mm -hmm. that we've created for ourselves of being creative people.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing, you know. You have to, uh, you know, limit all the expenses possible in your life. You, if you're really an artist, you know, artist life and career goes up and down many times. So you're gonna be prepared to going up and going down. And uh, less you have, then you you're gonna do better being down and uh, less things you have, it's better for you. I mean, right now, I clean my place to the point that if I have to move right now, I can move in one suitcase.
1: Uh, actually, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, but it's just like that. It took me very, very long time to get to this point to have as little things as possible and and not to own anything, not to be tied to anything because that's when you are free and that's where creativity likes it. And you can you can never also... As your creativity to support you financially, it happens It's great, but you cannot do it like, hey, my creativity, you got to make this piece and this piece has to be, you know, sold for this, this amount of money because I need to pay for my luxurious life. It's not going to happen. The most important is to create and create something really amazing out of your soul and somebody will support you. Somebody will find it and support you. That's how the energy works in the world. That's how I've been working all the time.
1: Well actually along that line actually I have a question like mm-hmm. I've seen some of your uh, large scale mm-hmm. outdoor installations mm-hmm. and stuff do you, are these projects that you you do or you did I guess because now you're working in VR mm-hmm. but so you did uh, were did you apply for grants to do these things were they planned or like did you do them and then people appreciated them kind of thing uh, because I found I'm American and cool. in America generally I find that like you produce a piece of art and then people appreciate it, mm-hmm. but in Europe it seems like it's much more of a, you come up with an idea, you pitch it to somebody, you mm-hmm. get a grant or a funding or a residency mm-hmm. and then you produce the thing.
0: Yeah, so it, it, it both it, it happens, I did a lot of things illegally. Um,
1: don't say uh, illegally. You just well, did them without permission.
0: Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't matter what, what word we use. It's just semantics, you know. Uh, well, I did it gorilla style, you know. I just went because I want to do it. Love it. Um, yeah. And because, you know, that's how your creativity is. Like, I, I'm not a paperwork person. Like, that's crazy things for me, you know. So uh, when I wanted to do things, I did things. And then, of course, people want you to do their things. And, uh, you know, and there's money always for art projects. So those helping me to, you know, to live um, by people... I, I myself don't apply really for grants, but people, um, institutions apply for grants for me and they would bring me to different places. As you say, the United States is a little bit different. And what happens in the, in this country also, there's like people, once they give you money, they want to have creative control over you, which doesn't work ever with the artists, you know. But it's way different in Europe when you have uh, more freedom. I, I prefer working in Europe when people really kind of understanding that decisions I'm making is decisions because of the best decisions for the artwork. And in United States, they're like, you know, the product sometimes takes two years to make. And of course, you change as a person in two years, and you want to update your project. And they're like, no, 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 it's written this in this way, you have to do exactly the same way. And I'm like, well, I want to make it better right now. So they don't want to change very often, you know, so it's a, it's yeah, it's it's much harder to do art in, in this country. And if you look at the public art, it's kind of like very just, you know, generic.
1: Oh, I know. I used to run a public art program in North Carolina and it was a, a constant uphill battle for right. everything. They mm-hmm. they every 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 question I asked or every opportunity I, I did, I mean everybody wanted to stop. Basically yeah. the, the first answer is always no, and then you have to convince them. <laughs> otherwise.
0: I know, I know. And and uh, I remember, you know, good examples with the, these two pieces that I made at the same time, one in Sweden and one in, uh, in Virginia Mocha, you know, in the United States. And like, such a different working environment. In Sweden, I, I create this apartment in the museum, and then when I finish, I decide to explode the apartment. <laughs> so imagine this, the museum director looked at me like, Ugh. but then he understood why I want to do it, that I want to illustrate certain situation, Uh, that's been happening around the world and the subject, uh, you know, that inspired inspired me was really working with the refugees from Syria and Ukraine. So he supported this idea to do this. And it was a very, you know, very risky decision to do. And and especially doing this, you know, exploring the installation inside of the museum. Okay.
1: Inside the museum.
0: Yeah, because the installation was already (laughs) done. So I need to explore inside of the museum. So we hired it in a very very you know professional team that was a very, very expensive, and and we did it, and, and the results were amazing. And then uh, and then in Virginia Mocha, I was working on a piece crocheting this Neptune statue and on the on the boardwork, and I um, the whole team was uh, you know to kind of like tell people that we had to pay attention to our environment, climate change, the pollution. And the last minute I decided that I want to put the gas mask on the Neptune and the museum director was like, no, absolutely not. We can't do it. This is going to bring a scandal. People are going to get upset. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, that's the whole reason why you hire me to bring the attention to the climate change and to, you know, it's like. So they didn't want to do it. I did it either way. And, you know, they call cops on me and end up being a huge scandal and they kick me out and not paying me for the work. So, you know, you could see two different places, you know, how people understand that you come up with this best solution for art project when you're actually working on it. And there's important to trust the artist that this is something that we want to do.
1: Well, and that's something that feels like is a bit difficult, like it's becoming more tenuous, uh, that trust of the artist. Like Mm -hmm. I often say, like, what I really want is I want to find a patron or a granting Mm -hmm. organization or whatever, a funder of some sort or a supporter of some sort that simply just goes, I like the way you think and I like what you make. Here's money or here's time or here's space. I will just give this to you and I will trust that you will make something beautiful. Yes. Nobody seems to do that right now. Well, you
0: know, I think the other part that we live in this time that people are afraid of their own opinion. So what's happening right now, you can see that if there's a new art piece. People are afraid to decide if it's good or not, because they're like, do I like it? Do I don't like it? What if I like it? Somebody says it's bad. Do I look bad? Like, again, it's like because we live in the social media thing, people are afraid to express their feelings. And that's what's happening right now. And hopefully it's going to change or being like, no, say exactly you know, who you are. Be yourself. This is also the time to be like, you know, there is no in every art, you know, we'll find the own collector or viewer. You know, it's all for everybody. It's like uh, we all have different taste for art. We're always going to like different things, different colors, different shapes, different smells, different food. You know, so it's like uh, hopefully those people, those patrons will come and start helping artists. I'm hoping for this as well because, you know, it would be nice to be in a moment when you can actually be free with your creativity and not worry about paying the bills that you have to pay, you know. So it's yes. it it will not happen. It has to happen, you know? Uh, and I don't wanna do things like some people advise me to marry some, but I'm like, that's horrible things to say, you know? Do, I do what? I had literally curators who were just like trying to hook me up with some guys to like, oh, you married this guy and it's gonna support your creativity. I'm like, Are you insane? Well, man, like you <laughs> answer to like finding me a, finding me somebody who can support my artistic. Journey by like marrying me to somebody, this is mm-hmm. insane. You have no idea how many times I've been told this way.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's quite surprising, actually. I've no, never... no, it's not
0: but... because when you start thinking about it, that very often happens. You know, I remember I was, um, one of my first job in New York, as I mentioned, I was a babysitter
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was babysitting actually for uh. Couple, uh, she was a painter, he's a doctor. I mean, um, she she's a painter, he's still a doctor, probably. They have two kids, I babysit those kids. And when she got drunk, you know, all these moms always, when you babysit, they always like when they get drunk, that's like crying on your shoulders. Oh, and yeah, he was telling me, you know, that you know, when she met him, he said he promised her that he's gonna like support her, you know, her, uh, you know, artistic path. And and then she's like, you know, and then she said, I got her, but you know don't do it because it's never like this. Once you have a kids and you have to, you know, take care of really of your home and this, and even you have a babysitter and a housekeeper, it's not the same. And you're not being an artist really. So it was interesting how I, I was uh, babysitting in a house that that was happening. And later when they cut me hours as a babysitter, there was only time when I was assisting somebody in the studio and I was helping her to switch canvases. So I worked with her a little bit, but then I realized she has such a limited time in her studio and then she was guilty because he he had to pay for the studio that was so expensive and she wasn't making money selling paintings but she was not selling paintings because she didn't have time to spend the time in the studio working on the painting because she had two kids and like so it's just like she got you know like
1: to me that sounds like the the archetype of the modern artists
0: yeah yeah so so it was also good for me to kind of have this kind of warning right away like don't go there don't go there you know you know i prefer to limit all my expenses i've been always making my own clothes and i can live very inexpensive if i have to but to have the room for my creativity and, and continue on, because i love making art another part in, in the virtual reality is that i have to make all the art myself which is amazing because the last few years i have all these assistants producing my work and that's what happens very often because we live in this time of faster, faster, faster. So, I was making all the big public installations, and I have to have a team of 20 people working with me. And it was fun, but I become the director instead of producing the art with my own hand.
1: Yeah, it's very solid of you.
0: Yeah. Very Jeff Koons. Yeah. So now, yeah. So now I love the fact that it's only me. Every line that I'm making in VR is made by my hand. And I'm having so much fun that's all produced by me. And I love my assistants, you know, they're all amazing people. But in the end of the day, making art, it's fun.
1: Well, it should be.
0: Yes. And, and you know, and instead thinking, you know, the people who have all these big studios, why do they have a big studios? Because if you're painting the same painting over and over again for 20 years or longer, you don't want to paint the same flower over and over again because you'll be bored. So you need to have a huge team of people doing this for you. You know, so the moment you get bored of making your own art, you should start making something different.
1: Yeah, I know. But I mean, that, but when it gets to that kind of level, they've created such a, a brand and, a, and a, a factory system almost. Yeah, but like then, you, you,
0: then you have to decide it. if you're happy to have this brand in the factory system, do it. But everybody should find the way they want to produce art. So, you know, I don't want to criticize anybody, but instead I want to do it my own way. And I don't know for how long I'm going to be doing this way because after working 20 years in the art, I have tell you that I will never say again, like never again, because you never know what's going to happen. A few years ago, even, I would not think of working in, in VR. And I know technology will go even farther than that. And it's just the beginning of... Really exploring uh, all possible new ways of creating art, you know. So um, this is just uh, beginning of of being really free and discovering all beautiful ways that it's giving to us constantly to create.
1: You mentioned earlier about using uh, social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. You are incredibly good with your social media. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm yeah i I was researching you, and I constantly found you on like lists of best artists to follow on Instagram. and oh, things I didn't like know this. About like, you didn't know about that?
0: No, I didn't know about
1: it, oh, yeah. you're on many lists oh, okay. of like best artists to follow on Instagram. Oh. Um so, but you're very successful. Like, what's your what's your philosophy mm. behind using social media? because well, the there, there's that, that I, balance. It's finding that balance of like mm-hmm. how much time and energy, how much to show, how much not to show. Well, I, what, I like what, what's that, yours.
0: So I've never used social media for promotional things. Like I don't post things over. Like I use social media as platform to create art. Instagram is a place for art to create digital art. You can do it every day, every week, however you feel. It's a platform to create digital art, and that's why I look at Instagram and anything else I'm using. I'm now using only Instagram, actually. I don't use anything else because I don't have time. And I want to really, when I do it, I want to make sure I create a new art piece almost every day. And and that's how I'm using it. You know, I'm I'm having huge respect for Instagram, uh, like in any other format, that it's digital art. And it's very careful the image I'm choosing, the wording, the story, there's all connection there. So it's like, uh, that's why I would advise people, uh, you know, I don't post their. Anything private, you don't gonna find uh, my friends, my family, my places there because I'm I don't want to like show people how I live or who I'm hanging out with, what I'm partying or what I'm eating. This is my private life. I'm keeping it away from social media, but social media is another way of producing art. It's a canvas. It's a blank canvas that is giving to us, and use this as opportunity to show your work. Maybe you're gonna find a way to. Communicate with somebody else through Instagram stories, you know, you know, it's, it's it relates to a, a current situation somehow. What you're doing? There's a lot of private moments, and I think, uh, and, and again, Instagram also is a public art. I've been doing public art for so many years, and in, and 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 uh, internet is a public space, so it's the same way. Uh, my work either in the physical public space or the internet public space. It's always very personal but because it's personal it can be universal. And that's what I always been going with my work to come from like my deep place that I'm being like, you know, taking care of and then presenting it in the form of of that quick Instagram image or video that somebody can experience and uh, take something from it.
1: Okay, I've got to ask something and it's yeah. going to be possibly blunt or rude but i'm going to ask it anyways you use penises a lot yeah. <laughs> where, what, like your instagram feed and your artwork is just littered with penises Now, <laughs> why <Right. laughs> where does that come from so and what are you trying to say with all the plethora of penises
0: well penises are really cute to actually to objectify in the first place but uh but it actually when it started i didn't even know why it started but it took me a long time to realize that I'm non-binary person. I'm a two-spirited person. I, so I'm both men and a woman. And I know sometimes it's very difficult for people to understand it. I came with this discovery through Native American ceremony. And uh, being a two-spirited person is it's it's a huge blessing. It's a beautiful thing. But before that, for the two years before that, I was just working with these penises and I couldn't even understand why it was happening in my work. But in a way, I think... Subconsciously, I was showing myself that male part of me, that I don't have physical penis, but I have this male part of me in my character. And a lot of people, you know, when I, even I was in Poland, people would call me Baba Whoop, which in a way it's kind of like a, it, it could be taken as, a, as a, a derogatory way of describing somebody, both woman and a man, but actually, in a way, it's a compliment. And people also try to change me to be more as a woman for a very long time. And I was kind of like, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm like showing too much of my like this macho character. I should be more as a woman. But then I realized I don't have to. I'm I'm fully accepting myself as I am. And I love every part about myself. And I still have to work on many things. But why not to appreciate the way I was created? And the penises are fun, you know? And I think, I don't know. They're like, I think humor is also important to have, you know? and i love both men and women and i really don't like the gender fight that's been happening for the last you know few years and in a way it's just i don't know just you know creativity also doesn't have a gender you know we have to oh, i'm remember. fine
1: i'm perfectly fine with all your penises yeah. i just wanted to know why they were there yes
0: yeah, so i feel like very often anything that you make i think when you make decision in your artwork You don't understand why you're making it the moment you're making it. But later you realize why you make this decision. Art comes from a place when I start working on something, you know, I do like ceremony, you know, I do like opening ceremony for the moment. I'm creating the space where I'm going to create the art. And uh, I do a ritual, I would dance, and when I go in, I go in, and I ask the spirits to guide my hands and guide my words and do what's supposed to happen. So very often things happen without me even knowing what I'm making at that moment. Right. And it takes me time, or audience takes me time to explain what I was doing something two years earlier, because usually it takes two years for somebody to kind of like start understanding and work that I've been producing, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I find it takes me five years of, of hindsight to be able to look back at something mm-hmm. and say, oh, these were all the things that were, that were extraneously going on in my life that influenced that work that I made at that time, yeah. that I was unaware of when I made it, but I now see it with hindsight. Oftentimes I talk to people in the arts industry, oftentimes through this podcast, but yeah. not always. And they talk about how like, artists having consistency in their works and and mm. uh, uh, sort of things uh, through ideas that are sort of consistent between bodies of works and, and, and through their evolution of their work. And so it's really hard for me psychologically to just say, oh, I'm just gonna play with this other thing for a while, maybe a couple months, and then and then I'll get back to the thing that I actually do. And so it's very hard for me to just put my creative yeah, energy. Don't other
0: people. Let yourself go. Let you know, I, sh-
1: I need to. Don't get me wrong. No, I take Xanax. The, the show that helps.
0: was very inspiring that I saw. Remember, I saw the Picabia show in MoMA, and and I was like, wow, this guy was really free. If you look at his paintings, they jump from so many different styles back and forth. He was free, I mean, he also was independently wealthy, so he could be free, but uh, but he was really free. And that also it was inspiring to me that, like, you know, do you really care what people are gonna think about you right now? Like, just jump, jump from style to style and just be free and creative and do whatever you wanna do. Don't pay attention of people and their comments and how they're gonna look at your art. No, it's not, it's not that. Just let, let yourself go, let yourself lose, you know? And you are in a beautiful place, Prague,
1: it's great advice and I should listen to it. My unfortunately, my, my methodical brain, my OCD brain doesn't let me just wait, wait till
0: you're gonna like start that. meditating and then it's gonna change. Uh, you know, we talked. about Maybe. we've spoken for almost an uh, over the hour, so we're gonna be probably closing soon. But the last thing I'm gonna tell you so in Prague, I told you that I had this connection with Prague. Yes, and there's a place when the wishes come true. Where? Ah, so um so I remember I went to Prague first time. I think I was 18. Uh, I hit, the first time I actually was the first place I saw outside Poland was Prague. Then I went to Paris, then back to Poland and then in the end of the same summer I want to go back to Prague and I hitchhiked by myself from Poland to Prague and I fell in love with this guy and of course it was like two days we met. He went, he went to Finland, I went back to Poland. We wrote some letters and then we all
1: love those stories
0: exactly right so then things uh things can disappear as they disappear and a year later I decided to go back to Prague with my friend Agnieszka and it was the last year in high school because we were preparing she already was accepted to University and I had a few more exams to take and I remember we're like walking we are drinking all day long and partying. I know how Prague. We like, you know, nineteen in Prague, and and I and I read somewhere that in Prague there is this uh, Jewish cemetery in the in the main square, and there is one graveyard that if you write your wishes on a piece of paper and put it in it, the wishes will come true.
1: In the Jewish cemetery.
0: Yeah. So we went there. So it's it's right. So it's uh, it's right there. Um, I have the name of it somewhere. Uh, it's right in the main main square.
1: Oh, I know the Jewish cemetery. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, we we went there, and on a piece of paper, I wrote two wishes. First, I wrote that I want to meet him, and the second, that I want to study in Poznan. And she wrote something else, you know. And uh, she decided to go back to hostel and take a nap, and I took the book to read that was helping me to prepare for the exams, and I'm working on the Charles Bridge. And I'm walking on Charles Bridge and I look to the left. Then he's there. He's sitting on the Charles Bridge. So I met him. Crazy story. And then uh, when I went back to Poland two weeks later, I passed the exams and I started in Poznan. And then later, a, few later, a couple of years later, I went back there and I wrote a piece of paper when I moved to New York. So, you know, it, it's interesting because it's 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 the fact that People say the wishes come true over there, or it's just our belief that it's happening, right? Right. So if you really strongly believe in anything, you can make this happen. So it's really up to you to have this belief that the magic will happen. Uh, A year ago, we went back to Prague with my friends uh, from high school. We meet every year, some other places. Uh, my really close friends and we went to Prague and we stay actually in an apartment next to the cemetery so we all just going there and in 20 years things changed so much because at that time there was like no people there and no pieces of paper and now we see pieces of paper in all the graveyards because people just like putting all the wishes everywhere you know so it was interesting to see how much more tourists are coming and traveling uh, all around places but yeah, you are in a place when the wishes come. Can, come, It's possible to make the wishes come true. So just walk there in the afternoon and think seriously about the wish that you want to have. And this like everything else in your life. You have to be very serious what you want. Be careful what you wish for.
1: Yeah, indeed. Thank you very Thank much you for much. this. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs>